Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Cake, everyone. It's Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, Ignacy from Portal Games gives us lots of information on his biggest 2016 releases. <gasps> Ignacy, Marty just dropped my cupcake. Hey, and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 88, I Can't Drive 55. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. And we are a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and we are full of energy tonight because we have one of the greats coming on the show, Marty. Yes, we do. It's one of our best friends in board gaming, and that's Ignacy from Portal Games. Oh, man. And he has been very busy at the little Ignacy workshop, keeping his minions straight, producing all kinds of games. I can't wait to hear about them all. Matter of fact, Marty, on, on the Snapchat that he has, he he posted something the other day. I don't know if you saw it. He was talking about how he challenged his employees that he could beat them in any sport, that he was still a young man. Really? And what sport did he do? Well, he did squash. So is that what they competed in? Yeah, they competed in squash, and he lost. So he learned. I have never played squash. I haven't either. I mean, the closest you and I got were racquetball. So, I mean, it's it's sort of kind of like it. That's uh, close enough. Yeah, well, that's true. Except I remember you stopped playing racquetball after you christened your racket on the wall after getting upset and broke it in half. Yes, but it served a purpose that, you know, I, I was able to get a new racket. But that, Ignacy, welcome to the old man's club. The one where you think you're still as good as you used to be, <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was out throwing uh, the ball the other day with my son. It was like, I swear I used to think I, think I could throw it further than this. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, oh, man. I, I'm like, I can barely make it from the three-point line in uh, basketball now from the standpoint. I'm just like, this, this something's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's like you keep thinking, Am I, maybe I'm injured or something like that. Something's just not off, and it's like, I don't want to accept that. Yeah, you're just getting old. But yet, we're talking to us about sports. So let's talk about a really neat thing that's happening, and that is the NCAAs are playing, as many people know, and you threw together for our guild. If you guys missed the chance to get into it, you need to visit our guild, and that will was an NCAA bracket tournament. That was pretty cool, man. Now, you and I are probably not going to win this, but hey, it was fun. No, it was just kind of one of those things. It's like, does anybody by chance care about sports ball enough to fill out a bracket? Because you and I used to fill out brackets all the time in, in college and have fun with it. And I thought, hey, that'd be fun. And then you came up with this great idea. It's like, we need to give away a prize. And we went, okay. And the prize you came up with was pretty brilliant. Well, I mean, stuff, stuff in a box. I mean, what more? I mean, we can throw our junk away as well as anybody and give it to someone else. Well, since you didn't go into detail, what we're going to do is <laughs> is we're going to get a priority shipping box, one of the small ones, and we're just going to stuff it full of goodies until it's, it's packed full of stuff and send it to the winner. I don't know what's going to go in there. Tony doesn't know what's going to go in there, but hopefully it'll be just fun. And it'll be good stuff. Now, we did put one thing over on the gift. If Marty and I do win this, we are not putting a moon pie in there. Because moon pies are only for winners. That's correct. But looking at the scoring, uh, I just pulled up a little second ago. I'm Since I'm third from the bottom, I don't think I'm going to get a moon pie, so I'm probably safe. 
Yeah, I noticed that too. I didn't pick that one upset today. Well, it wasn't really an upset. An eight, a nine team beating an eight team. That doesn't matter. And one by one, they're stopping the podcast, Tony. I know. We got to move on. Let's move on. So we've got Ignacy waiting for us, getting ready to come from the green room. I know he's drinking some tea in there. He's enjoying his cookies. Let's get over to Ignacy. So over at Portal Games, they still have the 51st State pre-order going on. So guys, if you haven't looked at it, by all means, please get over there. And as you're getting ready to hear in the upcoming segment, Ignacy has a great new game that he's really excited to talk to you about. And maybe you ought to check that out as well. We are so excited to have, once again, a special guest on our show. The myth, the man, the legend himself... Ignacy Trevichek from Portal Games. Welcome, Ignacy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hello. There it is. Where's the hello, hello? Hello, hello, Ignacy <laughs> Portal Games. Thank you. I mean, come on now. Don't don't cut us don't cut us out here. We, we, everybody knows that is how you intro. That is Board Game Insider. Hello, hello. But I listened to your your previous episode, and your listeners said they don't like guests who are publishers. So I try to disguise myself as a Portal Games. <laughs> Okay, you're well, fine, but you're most everybody knows you more as a designer over here. That is true. And once again, we would like to thank you for this second appearance on Rolling Dice and Taking Names, because your your last one was in recognition of receiving a squirrely. Have you found a place for that awesome award yet? Uh, still looking because it has to be the very very good place for it. So still looking for this. Good. Well, it it deserves a, sh- a shining place, you know, up on your mantle, you know, in your breakfast room, or just toss it in a box in a closet somewhere. That's fine, too. It works as a doorstop, too. You know, we're going to freak him out when he actually receives something. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just, uh, we'll just hand it to him, hand deliver it here because it's too expensive to ship across the ocean. Which brings me up, which I'm already going to jump right into it, Marty, if you don't mind. Can I do that? Please do, because I don't know where you're going. All right. So somebody has a Snapchat account, and he's very, very busy. Matter of fact, he just released a Snapchat today of his wife, and I believe that was your son. Is that correct? It was my, my daughter. Your daughter. I'm sorry. It was very uh, when I was watching it I couldn't tell who that was I was in the car and you're not supposed to watch these things while you're driving but I didn't do that anyway she didn't look very happy does your family constantly every have to test your games with you do you say okay before you can have something to eat you have to test this expansion is that right I have to say that yes my kids are at the moment in their lives when they hate games Uh, yes I went too far with some testing and Mm, yes, that's, that's, that's the case. Uh, the snub I, I posted was that uh, I was playtesting with Mary a new faction for Imperial Setters while our daughter was doing homework on the same table with us. So it was pretty crazy. But that's how it works here at, at our house. Oh, I understand. And now that double secret, no one should know this, Stronghold variant you released. You got me excited. Uh, yes, I hope so. This is like very interesting stuff coming. My Twitter account is the official account of Portal Games. My Facebook account is official account of Portal Games. There is no space there for posting some crazy stuff, right? My Snapchat is um, a way for me to show a little bit of absolutely real stuff and uh, not officially, you know, confirmed information, officially approved photos, officially approved videos, all that kind of stuff. I'm just posting a Snapchat. Hello, guys. I just played a new faction for Imperial Setters with my wife. I just crushed her. And this is funny. Uh, So this is like being uh, 
so real as it is possible. Yes, just showing people how it was average day of of designing games and posting information about the prototypes I'm working on, and this is stuff that is not yet showed on any of official channels of Portal Games because it is uh, it is raw. This is the right word. Yes, it is not not well prepared yet. Wait a minute. I, I, so I missed the little Snapchat thing about a, a stronghold variant. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about it's that. Not, it's not official. It's not official. That's fine. You're just playing around with that. That's all I need to know is you're playing around with it. It doesn't mean anything, but that that's exciting too. Because you know, uh, that was one of our awards that we gave out. And Tony and I just <laughs> love, love that this, game. I hope it wins a Golden Geek this Award. This game already had two squares, right? One for the best to play a game and one for the most delayed game. So I'm very happy. <laughs> that's, that's not your fault though. We're blaming that on Steven. But see, that's, that's the neat thing about it. Uh, the Snapchat, if you're not, and I know I'm plugging Ignacy here, but I'm sitting here and I'm watching these every day. And I, oh, by the way, Ignacy, we appreciate you shaving for our show today. If you've caught him in some of his Snapchat, the boys looked rough. Yes. That's what my, my wife said. Ignacy, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> and how was France? I understand that was an incredible trip. It was very interesting. I was uh, at the Matagod offices, so I was able to, on one hand, playtest my prototypes with their team, and on the other hand, help them playtest their games. Uh, and so it was uh, very busy, but it was like uh, people who work in the industry hanging together, yes, and discussing uh, our releases for this year. So uh, I strongly recommend you guys INIS, I-N-I-S, a new game from Matagot. If you like Kemet, if you like Blood Rage, it is completely amazing game and they will have also a couple of other um, designs released for this year and it was a it was a blast basically and i had and i heard that paris is beautiful i didn't saw that because i was sitting and playing games because i'm crazy but why but my wife was visiting paris and she said it is beautiful so i trust her okay i'm i'm floored marty i mean his wife went out sightseeing and he played games how well would that work for you and i for actually for me it'd probably be okay it's it's you that might be the problem but I'm sure you've been to Paris multiple times, haven't you, Ignacy? Uh, that was my second time in Paris, yes. Okay. Okay, I have a selfie with Eiffel, t- Eiffel Tower, that's it. I, I don't need mo- much more. I need games. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've called up, Marty. See where I went with this? That was awesome. So, all right, <laughs> so if you're not following, following Ignacy on Snapchat, you need to so you can get all these little bits of information of things that unofficially are happening behind the scenes, which I think it's a, it's really cool to see how that's going on. Of course, Ignacy did have to teach me how to use Snapchat because, uh, so I've only got three sons and, and none of them are into Snapchat. So what I understand is, is that a teenage, uh, female thing? Uh, okay. Tony's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, I don't, I thought I know how this works. So like Nasi taught me, it's like, yeah, just do my story and post. Like, okay. I'll just leave the Snapchat to Tony. He's the hip, uh, tech app guy around here. No, I have a daughter and she's said, daddy, you're being silly here. Let me help you out. So it's that. And I'm sorry. Once again, the spelling of that game was I N I S. Is it going to come over across the pond? I believe so, yes. Uh, Matagot has a distribution in States, right, by Asmodi. So I think it's their GenCore or Essen release. It's a strategy game by Christian Martinez, I believe. And it is set in a um, mythology of uh, Great Britain. And it's in Ireland. And it is freaking awesome. It's a drafting game, strategy game with drafting. So if you can imagine that you are playing four people... And before the actual action action phase, you are drafting orders. So you are seeing which orders are drafted by other players. So you are seeing what they are planning 
so you can think what's going on. Very interesting strategy game. Okay, Mark, put that on your buy list. Oh, you want you buy? Okay, it. I'll take care of that. So anyway, is anything happening on the Portal game side? Is are you fixing to come out with anything soon, Ignacy? I don't know. It's got like a number in it. We announced during a Portal con that we will release for Polish market thirty four titles, which means that we have no free weekends this year. And uh, I have a list here of things that I have to design or develop, and it, this list is like twice as long as it should be. So yes, we have a plenty of projects coming up. The first one will be 51st State Master Set, and then many, many other. So let's talk about 51st State. That is currently in pre-order status on your site. And I really like what you're doing with the pre-order status where you have like stretch goals. The more that's pre-ordered, the more stuff that's unlocked, just like it would be on uh, Kickstarter. I, for one, am very excited about this game because I didn't get to play the original, uh, but I have played Imperial Settlers. Love that game. I love the Nurishima Hex universe. And so now this is going to combine uh, both of those together. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully many people will will have fun with the game. I already have a very interesting feedback of people who are asking me, wow, this is based on Imperceptors. I'm interested. And they are forgetting that actual Imperceptors is based on 51st State. So this is like a strange circle. But yes, I, I'm super excited about this. The game is at the, at the manufacturer level already with some of the parts. So... Yes, it's rolling. It's coming. What would be some changes you've made in 51st State since the original? What is something that would bring someone to that who may have already played the original? Basically, I made the game a little bit faster. Uh, At the very beginning, the game was a race for the points. Now it's a really, really very tight race. Uh, You can imagine if any of the players get 25 points, it triggers the game and sequence and this is it. So uh, I had even one playtest which was that we we were done after third phase. So after third round, uh, it was done. We are, we are finished. So in Imperial Setters, the dynamic of the game is that you have five rounds. You know, whatever opponent is doing, you will have your five rounds and then you will count the points, which gives you like very strategy and very slow planning in a 51st state which is a post-apocalyptic uh, team and it has to be very much more aggressive you have this information whoever gets first 25 points we are just finishing a game sorry so there is no this okay i have five rounds i can do whatever i do from the very first play for the very first round for the very first card you play you have to grab points as soon as possible because if you're not catching up with the enemy you will just lose as soon as possible in imperial settlers one of the really unique things about the game is how there's different factions and how they all play different are there different factions in 51st state so in the 51st state you have different factions there is four different factions in the base game and people who will pre-order from our website will have additional two factions we reach this stretch goal uh, but they are not that different as in Imperial Setters. In Imperial Setters, every player who has a faction has a faction deck. Here you have only a set of rules that change a little bit your gameplay. It change a little bit uh, how you play. But basically, we all use only the common deck. We have one big common deck, and that consists of uh, about one, 160 cards. And we all build, so we have all the same cards. And now we have to outsmart the opponent and choose these cards better than they so how do the factions differ from each other then? In um, 51st state, there is something like connection tokens. These connection tokens let you interact with the card. So there are connection tokens for building, connection tokens for attacking, and connection tokens for dealing, for making a deals. And each faction has different amount of these tokens uh, during the game. So if you play... Uh, 
mutants, uh, you will have a lot of raising connection tokens, so you will be able to raise opponents. If you are playing merchants, you will have a lot of blue tokens for uh, making a deals, etc. So these factions will develop a little bit different, but still they are using all the same cards. Being a fan of the hex world, is this going to feel familiar to me? It should. It, it should. Uh, we try to keep Neroshima universe very, mm, uh, very well de- described in all our games. So you will probably recognize some of the, some of the things uh, that are presented on the cards and some of the factions that are mm, in the box. Uh, because we, I think, yes, we already reached, reached the stretch goal with the short story included in the box. So all people who pre-ordered the game will have even the short story in the box so yes uh, if you like Neroshima universe, Hex universe you will see these locations you will see these factions you will read the story mm, it is all very immersive and uh, very interesting for all fans of Neroshima world so Marty I guess that's confirmation that I'm wrong it's not Neroshima it's Neroshima in Polish it is Neuroshima 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 okay yes, but, yes, but the name the name Neuroshima is actually based on the title of the song of a heavy metal group, which was an uh, American group. So actually, you are right, not me. Because the genesis is from... Oh, whoa, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. what song and what I group? don't know, because Michael Oraj, the sound designer of Neuroshima, is a heavy metal fan, and he picked this title. But I can, of course, ask him. But there is a heavy metal group that has a song called Neuroshima, and he he took it from from them. So actually, your spelling is better than mine because it was a American song in the first place. Oh yeah, yeah. I will be looking this up, uh, and it will be probably the title, as you've already heard, of the show. You know, that's just the way this will work. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> that's, that's right. So, oh, cool. Okay, so I got to uh, read through uh, the rule book, and let me tell you, this is really cool. Uh, what you've done, Ignacy, you've posted the rule book asking for comments. Uh, uh, Tony and I, in the past a few episodes, have run across some rule books that we just had some issues with. So I think it's really great that a publisher is putting the rule book out there and asking for comments. Does this make sense and everything? That's fantastic because you're finding that out up front as opposed to after it's already done and it's like, uh oh, we should have done, you know, A, B, and C. But for anybody who hasn't gone and looked at this rule book, go to Portal's website and go download it. It's one of the funniest rule books I've ever read. What I love about it is there's all these little bits of humor throughout the rule book that made me read the rules more intently to make sure I didn't miss any of the jokes, ended up reading through the whole thing. I don't know if that was intentional, but putting that humor in there made me want to read through every single thing in that rule book and totally understand the but game. Marty, it's Ignacy. You know the humor was on purpose. He, he's a funny guy. He's always pointed that out. I, he's, he's going to do that. and I have, That's my reading list for tonight. I'm going to read it tonight because you're right. You and I have been trashing some rule books, and not that Stronghold didn't receive some of that abuse from us either so last year we failed extremely it was like an epic failure with rule books and my goal for this year is to make so much better rule books and that's why we posted them before before actually going to print so many people can give us a feedback before the rule book is in the print and speaking about jokes uh, i hate reading rule books i really really hate this i found them super boring and uh, this was my idea to wake up players. So if you are reading rule book and the one page after another rules, 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 
if you read once a while a, a, a joke, it will wake you up. That's, that's my dream. That's my goal. So I hope it will work. <laughs> it was so funny. I was reading something and there's some line in there and I, I can't quote it exactly. It's something like, if you want to piss off the other players, I was like, what, what, what? Yes. <laughs> it just caught me off guard. <laughs> so, so really well done. I love that. So everyone go check out the rule book for 51st date. This is your chance to give feedback to it. So if there's any issues with it, it's not your fault. You had the opportunity to vote and change. So it. wait a minute. I, I can, what, if I don't like it, I can't complain later. Correct. Okay. When, when are you hitting the, print button ignacy on this uh, rule book. i don't know i don't know details because this is my production manager doing that uh, i know the cars are already in the print i know the box is in the print i think rule book is not yet in print i don't know the details it's so much going on in the company so and the master uh, set includes the previous uh, uh expansions and i just read your uh, post the other day explaining how you took the hammer to this game to rebalance it and get everything to work. Again, another very entertaining article. Uh, go read some of Ignacy's uh, uh, articles. They're really, really good stories behind the board games and everything. How you took a hammer and really, you know, worked on it and changed cards and, and removed cards to get this this one glorious set out. Yeah, so the the master set consists of the base game, 51st State, and the New Era expansions, and the Winter expansion, and actually some other cards. So this is like about 300 cards. And for this master set, I was uh, rebalancing everything. I was putting all these cards on the table and looking at them and changing and tweaking uh, so they work all together. Uh, in this configuration, on other configuration, and with a configuration for future expansion, so there's a lot of work to uh, there, was, there was lots of work to do, and uh, but hopefully, hopefully, it is really now working smooth and it's very, very good, and it will work now for years for another expansion because with this master set we were able to introduce uh, the base, the core of the game, these 88 cars, and these 88 cars can be now combined with any other expansions, and they they will work very well with whatever expansions you put. So we have now the very core of the game, and then for years we can now add to this core of different expansions and make it uh, fun for players. And any idea when we're looking at a release date for the game? Uh, we are looking at the spring, which means that we will have it at the end or at the beginning of end of May, beginning of June, which means that people who pre-ordered it, pre-ordered it will have it at the beginning of May or at the end of April, depending on the shipping and all that kind of stuff. So, as I said, late spring. Okay, so is it going to be available to Origins for those who attend uh, that con? Absolutely, yes. Okay, well, uh, make sure Chevy holds one underneath the table for us. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> he is your employee, isn't he? Yes, he is. All right. So I'm just curious, how many people do you got working for you now over in just in Poland? In Poland, I have three people who are um, artwork designers. I have one person who is our movie and marketing person. I have one accountant. I have two salesperson and I have one production manager and plus me. Okay. So that's nine. Did I hold up enough fingers? I think so. Okay. Well, we're good. By the way, just one last question, 51st State. Um, actually, no, it's not really. You said that you got 34 games in the pipeline, correct? Yep. And you said you had that according to my calculations, there's 52 weeks in a year. That leaves 18 weekends free. What are you doing, Slacker? Yeah. <laughs> Don't start this. I'm, I'm really – this is – I'm in really, really very busy period of my life right now. Like really, really. We know you are. We're just, hey, if we can't cut up with you, who can we cut up with, right? That's, that's true. 
Here's a game that Marty and I got to play at BGG that we were just floored. Cry Havoc. Um, so it's coming out. Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen Con. Gen Con. Oh, why do we have to wait so long? <laughs> miniatures. Miniatures <laughs> takes time to produce these miniatures. You're pouring plastic in a mold. Oh, my gosh. But in China, it's far away. What do you mean? It's just across the, what, a, a train track away from you? What, a train you, trip? Did you, did you work with any Chinese company ever? They have storms. They have disasters. They have always something to complain that they have delay because of something. Tornadoes every weekend in China. No, I haven't. My daughter has gone and visited China, and that's one of the places we'd like to go. Have you ever been? No, no, I, I, I haven't been. You have okay, so the miniatures, I understand, but how's the overall gameplay going? Are we getting close? Are you feeling comfortable with the game? Yeah, so we had a very positive feedback after BGGCon, so it looked like the game is ready. It wasn't. Uh, I got the game uh, on my table and destroyed it once again. And uh, being serious uh, in comparison to what you know and what you played uh, during uh, BGGCon, uh, we made sure that each faction plays completely different. We added a lot of flavor to them. We added a new strategies for them. So the basic gameplay of the game, which is uh, recruit forces, move them to the uh, region of the opponent and destroy him. Uh, this is the basic gameplay of the ga- of the game, and but we added a uh, lot of flavor and lots of skills to each of the factions. So you are playing each faction, and this this is completely different experience from playing the other one. Uh, so now we are in the stage at the stage of balancing the game. Uh, we are not changing the gameplay, and the game is in production phase, as I mentioned. So we are producing miniatures already. We have already covered. We are finishing re- writing rulebook. Uh, so the game is in a production phase we could say but we are still playtesting 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 to make these all factions balance because now they work so much different so it is really hard to balance them speaking of miniatures uh when are you going to start teasing us with some um uh, what's what they what they look like uh, showing some uh... yeah we sh- we showed yes we showed we showed uh, v- v- in a few seconds uh during a trailer for cry havoc so people have some uh, how they look, uh, but basically, of course, the the huge promotion and uh, teasers and photos of components and uh, board and all that kind of stuff. In a couple of weeks, probably we have um, a lot of time to to GenCon yet. Is this going to be like a big game for people, kind of like a stronghold type big game? Yes, it is for us. It is a big box. It is a bigger bigger production for us. It's. Uh, more than 50 miniatures, a huge board, lots of cards, lots of very expensive but amazing artwork uh, for the cards. Uh, for us, a huge production and um, one of the most important titles of the year. That's why we are releasing it for Gen Con. With all the miniatures, <laughs> this is just coming from somebody who's opened a lot of cool mini or not boxes with a lot of figures in them. Do you have some way to store those figures in an insert or something? No, we have... Broken token working with us on a custom probably insert, but no, no insert, no dedicated insert in, in the basic box. Okay. Scoop another one. <laughs> yeah. See, we didn't even set him up for that. We had no idea that broken token, another one of our sponsors is working with portal in order to create. They are amazing. They do great inserts and they do insert for rattle battle. They do insert for Imperial Cetras. They will hopefully do insert for Robinson Crusoe. And yes, they are great and we, we like them a lot. Yeah, okay, you brought it up, sir. I was going to let this go, but you brought it up. 
Why are you hoarding Robinson Crusoe games? They are going astronomical on the web for 150 to 200. I know you have them in a vault somewhere in Poland waiting for the prices to continue to drive up. What is up with this? This is a very complicated situation. I cannot talk too much about this because this is a business stuff and this is because of the contract with demand games and this, there is a loss, there's a, there's a big mess around the license and availability, etc. Let me tell you, Portal Games Edition will be available uh, during the quarter three. It will be awesome. And I'm so sorry that there is no Zeman Games Edition yet on the market. That's great. So that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask later on, uh, Tony, was somebody had asked, when is the uh, new version of Robinson going to come out? So we can hopefully look for one from you in, in the third quarter. There will probably two editions, Zeman Games and Portal Games, because there is a lot of mess and uh, you will see there will be there lots of confusion during the summer. Well, I, I'm buying the Portal version. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I mean, good gosh. Uh, but no, it was just so funny to go out there and then see them $150, $200 for the current. I'm like, what? What up with this? And it's, so I just, I was going to blame you, Ignacy. I am super, super innocent here. Super innocent. <laughs> All right. So back to Cry Havoc. That was a, that was a little, that was actually an interesting squirrel moment there. So we'll let that one slide. So Cry Havoc, this is an area control game. And I can't remember, it may have been you or somebody else that said, if you were to take Blood Raging and Kim it and put them together, that's what kind of like what Cry Havoc feels like. Is that a good explanation of it? From my perspective, there are four games in the in the market now, Blood Rage, Kemet, Ainis, From Matagot, and Cry Havoc. Four games that have a very elegant Euro games mechanisms, like created by Euro designers, but Ameritrash feeling and team. So whatever you're playing Kemet or Blood Rage or Ainis or Cry Havoc, you are feeling that you are you have full control over the situation. You have a very smart, intelligent rules that let you win the game, but you're actually killing opponents like in Ameritrash game. Uh, I love Kemet. I love Blood Rage. I'm publisher of Blood Rage in Poland. I love Ainis. As I said, this is a new game from Matagot. And I love Cry Havoc. I believe that all people who like strategy games will have all these four boxes on the shelves at the end of this year. Uh, four amazing games. Now, one of the things that really stuck out to me about Cry Havoc, I'm always looking for a unique mechanism that makes it different. To me, it was the combat resolution. Absolutely. Could you go a little bit over how the combat resolution works in Cry Havoc? Yes, this is the reason why we signed this game, basically. This is a game designed by Grand Rodiek, and this was uh, the, the clue of the mechanism, right? Uh, at the beginning, in the prototype stage, it was a game about the Napoleon Wars, so it was the 19th century, 18th century. There were waves of soldiers that were attacking uh, other other players. Now, in the final version, we have three objectives. So if you are invading any region in the game, you as a commander of your forces has to show us what are your objectives. And we have three different objectives. One objective is a control objective. That means that you are interested in taking control over the region. If you win this objective, you will take um, this region for yourself. Depend No matter if you are dead or not dead, this region will be yours. This is your objective. The other objective is that you are there to take some prisoners to, in the later game, interrogate them. So you're not caring about the control or anything else. You just want to grab some soldiers of the opponent and take them home, home to interrogate. And the last objective is just killing. You just want to kill everybody. You don't care about the terrain. You don't care about prisoners. You just are there to kill. 
And now, before the battle starts, when the battle starts, players take these miniatures they have in their army and put these miniatures on different objectives, showing the opponent what is important for them. And then, defender player, the person who is defending this region, will take their miniatures and put on these objectives, showing what he's, ob- what he's defending. So for example, he can, he may not care for the region, he may not care for the terrain control, he just wants to kill everybody. That's, that's, so he will put his miniatures on the killing objective. And then when all miniatures are put on the board, players can play a few cards, because there are terrain cards that let you outsmart the opponent once again, and then we resolve. And depending who won the control objective, depending who won the prisoner objective, and depending who won the attrition objective, we resolve the battle. So it's super simple, it's like few seconds only putting these miniatures on these free spaces on the board, and yet it is so super strategic and you have so much tactical decisions. It is fantastic, and that's what, Tony, that's what uh, blew you and I away, along with everybody else sitting at the table about this game. Oh yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, man, this is good because I had just gotten to play Kemet, and then I got to play this. I'm like, ooh, I really enjoyed Kemet. Now this, this is right there. How much diplomacy is going into that game? It's a war game. Every war game is a negotiation game, right? It is, and it's really interesting uh, as you're taking your uh, units and deploying them into those different objectives. There's a lot of decisions to be made right at that point, especially if you're attacking, because you're trying to think, now, what do I think he's going to do if I put, you know, my, my guys here? So there's a lot of decisions. Made. It's really interesting, even when you're not in the battle, to sit back and watch this happen. I know some people say, well, that's downtime for the other guys. But while we were doing it, we really enjoyed just watching what the other two were doing during that battle. That is, that is true, especially because uh, during the battles you can add some cards to uh, tweak a little bit the result. And because during a one round or maybe a couple of rounds, so you're actually watching what your opponents are discarding during this battle because you know that you will fighting him in a moment. So you want to know which cards he already discarded during this first battle. So this is also very interesting. And what is more, we added the humans factions who are all about the control of the planet because they came there to win the the planet and win control of the planet. They have this super cool uh, possibility of joining other players' battle just to... Hello, you are fighting? Yes, we are killing you. And they are just shooting everybody. So this is quite cool because they can join actually other players and battles and uh, make a lot of mess. I saw the, uh, I guess, is this the final artwork for the game box cover? Yep. I, I saw one out there. That's it. Uh, let me tell you, Ignasi, that is one of the best game covers I've ever seen. I'm always looking for a game with shelf appeal. And to me, if I was to walk into a store and see a box with that cover, I would go pick it up and look at it. I don't know if you've seen it, Tony, but it just pops with the colors and the and the graphic that's on there. It just looks cool. You want to pick it up and see what it's about. No, I think I missed it. I'm not sure. Maybe it'll show up on Snapchat tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. This actually this artwork that was not ordered by us to be drawn, but it was artwork we found in the gallery and we said, okay, this is this is our artwork. We need to buy this this piece of art because it's amazing. So we found it uh, in a gallery of one of the great artists and we just asked him, hey, we, we need this artwork for our game. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Now, are you going to offer pre-orders for this like you did for 51st State? At this point, we are um, testing waters with this pre-order system and the results are so far very good with 51st State. So we'll probably do the same with the Cry Havoc because the feedback is very good. Okay, and it's going to be at Gen Con. So this is one of those that uh, everybody, you're probably going to want to put 
Uh, find where the portal booth is on your Gen Con map because I really feel this is going to be a hot game, Tony. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Now, well, then again, you know, when First Martian hits, where we both went squee and, and, and heard about that from Portal Con, my question, Nasi, have you fixed the thing that was driving you insane? You just said on Board Games Insider that, that you, were, you were ready to tear it up. Have you fixed it? I fix it. It works, but I have now a new problem to fix. So it's like struggle that will continue till uh, September or August. So it's one thing is fixed, but I just found a new problem. So yeah, there's a. We'll, we'll talk it out. Talk it out. We're sounding good <laughs> for you. Yeah, we can. Yes, we let's let's talk it. No problem. So 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 the problem is, uh, if you play a campaign in the first missions and you play the first scenario, the things that happens during the scenario are important for you, but you're playing actually knowing that this is first of few scenarios so if you lose for example oxygenerator in the first scenario you know that you will be having a pr- troubles with uh, oxygen for the next couple of scenarios yes this is a problem so it adds a lot of immersion and a lot of tension because you know that if you are screwed in the first scenario it will continue to punish you for the whole campaign yes we get this but we have also a variant of you that you are not playing campaign but you are playing a single game and in the single game, if you lose Oxygenerator, players say, okay, screw it, whatever. We don't have uh, any other scenario upcoming, yes? So this tension is lower. So this is my problem for for these weeks, that the events, the adventures I build it and work perfectly in the campaign mode, because players know that these are long-time ti- players. They are not that immersive in the single game. And this is something I'm struggling right now. Make it sense? Does it make sense? It does. It does. And and I'm glad I'm not in your shoes to try to figure that out. But so the tension isn't there for the non-campaign. It's, uh, it's basically in a nutshell what you're telling us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's okay. Think about it. I mean, not everything has to come up and beat you in the face, Ignacy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just to let you know, there is no beach on the Mars. Like I was, <laughs> I was doing research. There are no beaches. No, no I, I'm. I was checking NASA page, and there is no information about any beaches there. Well, you don't need a sunny beach on Mars. What you need is, oh, find a. Um, you discover the Mars rover. It's pock. It's full of oxygen. Enjoy the enjoy the view of Earth. <laughs> okay, thank you. I, I will note it down. Thank you. <laughs> He, he he didn't. He didn't write that down. So for those who are listening, you're like, what are you guys talking about? If you haven't heard about uh, The First Martians, this is a new game coming out later on this year, and it's fully co-op. So this is a co-op game, much like Robinson Crusoe, but there's going to be a campaign mode in it. In addition, there's also going to be an included app that you'll use on your tablet or your phone, etc. So can you tell us a little bit about this app and how it works? So this app uh, will work as an adventure deck and as an event deck you know from Robinson Crusoe. So in Robinson Crusoe we have three decks of adventures and we have one deck of events. All these cards are put in the in the smartphone and all these cards are in the electronic version. And it let us build a very immersive story during the game because in Robinson Crusoe if you have an adventure, you take a card, you shuffle it into event deck and therefore later on this Adventure will come up as an event, right? This is how Robinson Crusoe mechanisms works. This mechanisms works during a Martian games as well, but because we have an app, this app can remember much more than just a shuffled card. So if in a first scenario you had broken leg, for example, the application will put it in the events that later on 
the application will remind you that you have to go to the medic lab um, for control. And uh, what's more, it will remember also during the second scenario, during the third scenario, it will remember what happened. And if you were at the medic lab or if you said, I don't have a time because we have a serious problem with the oxygenator right now and I'm not going to medic lab. So the application says, okay, you sucker. I remember that you weren't, you were not at the medic lab and she remembers. So with this um, application, I can build a much more immersive story because every time application ask players, are you going to do this? And sh the application, for example, asks, do you want to clean uh, solar panels? And the player says, no, we don't have time. The applications will remember. And uh, during the second scenario, during the third scenario, maybe in, during the fifth scenario, it will says, you guys, you remember these panels you didn't, you didn't clean a couple of hours ago. Now you have a problem because now they are broken. So with this, I am able to build extremely immersive story because uh, the consequences of players actions will be uh, repeated and repeated during the next next adventures that adds a whole new level of challenge to you as a designer doesn't it trying to manage the app versus just a deck of cards yeah there's a i, I have a pretty complicated software and that let me build the trees of consequences from the adventures yes yeah, so if there's adventure and player says yes or no different things will happen and there's another tree if they go here if they say yes or no something happens so i'm building a very complicated patterns and trees of consequences uh, but i hope that after these few months of very hard work players will have a very very interesting stories to discover to me this sounds like one of the deeper game associated apps that i i've heard about i played a lot of uh, xcom and xcom is a lot about saying okay it's time to do this it's time to do this and it's almost as the real-time element but it really doesn't drive the story or, or tell you a lot uh, i've used the app in the uh, dead of winter game which is basically just taking all the deck of cards uh, the crossroads cards and present you with those each time. But the fact that this app remembers and does things for you throughout the campaign, that's really sophisticated. For example, if you, if most of our listeners hopefully know the mechanics of the Robinson Crusoe, in Robinson Crusoe, when you draw an event card, you put it on the board and you have a thread action. If you make this thread action, you will dis discard this card. If you don't do this thread action, there will be some consequences for you, right? In the first Martians, if you have an event, the event says something happened. You can uh, do something about this, but the application doesn't tell you about the consequences. If you don't do this, you don't know what will happen, but uh, each event has a percentage, for example, 30%, 50%, 40% that I put in the app that something bad will happen. So you never know if you ignore this action. It may be okay. But there may be no threat. Yeah, that's kind of like the dead of winter, isn't it, Marty? No, not really. The dead of winter is just really, you just, uh, uh, you may not know the consequences, but I think it's the same consequence every time, whether you do it or not. In Robinson Crusoe, you, you always know if you ignore thread action, you will have thread consequences, right? Here, if you ignore the thread action, you don't know what will happen because actually I put it separately how much percentage there is, there will be some thread consequences. And that's unknown to the players. Yes. So they, so they, so they have a lot of arguments during the game because they know, hey, maybe nothing gonna be bad or no, no, it will be bad. You don't know what's going on. So there's a lot of very tense decisions to surprise because they not, don't know if there will be bad consequences or not. Now, because of that, do you think people will start to wonder how's the replayability of the game if I already played through the campaign once? Because if I play through it again, I get these events. I know I should do them or what the consequences are. 
for sure it's too early for me to tell you with the 100% about the huge repartee of the game. Uh, but from my perspective right now, when I'm playtesting, we are playtesting the game on the first campaign so, so far. And we are playtesting and playing and playing and playing and people are still enjoying the game. So I believe even the first campaign is, is pretty interesting for playing it a couple of times. Uh, with the app, I have an amazing opportunity to actually code every single card in the game with a tag. So the tag may be the bad weather or the tag may be the broken pace station. Yes. Or the tag may be the miscommunication with NASA, many different tags. And then during a scenario, if we play the first scenario, which is a lost contact and the players lose contact with NASA, we know that during this first scenario, the cars that have tag lots of communication will have higher chance to come into the game. But there also be different, different cars, like the cars with the weather or the cars with the disasters, etc. So the app will choose from different pools of events because of the tags. And I, in the scenario, I just put which tags the application has to take cars from. So are you designing the software behind this or have you hired someone? I mean, I'm trying to add another thing to your resume here. No, no, no. I have, a, I, I mean, I have a coder who wrote a software for me and I'm putting uh, adventures in this software. And I'm playtesting this over and over again. After this game is released and you have a campaign out, and let's say you want to release another campaign, you can just do that by releasing a new campaign to the app, or we actually need some physical pieces that you need to add to the board game itself. Our plan so far is that we will have a, a in-app purchases of for a very low amount of, of, of money, like in the App Store you can... And no details yet, but just for example, yes, for one dollar, you just buy a new campaign, uh, like in the App Store. Uh, we are still working on this, but the basic idea is that we will be able to update, update your game very easily and you will be very, have very easy chance to update with the new events, new campaigns, new adventures, uh, as, um, app updates. All with the same base game. Yep. That's, dude, that's awesome. Tony, yeah, I'm in. Okay, but so he's taking the D&D type where people wrote their own modules and things like that. Who knows? Ignacy may say, hey, as a contest, write me a module or write me something like that, and it could be released, and then he could do all that. I mean, just think of the, just like the user content behind the, the Hex world, the, the Nurishima Hex world. I mean, it's, it's there. I mean, yeah, I... I it's for me, it's still too early. I mean, we have like nine months to release. Yes. So I'm still working on this and there's a lot of things happening here. But when I played the XCOM for the first time, uh, I, I thought this is it. This is revolution. And maybe not even all gamers see this revolution, but this revolution is coming. I talked a lot of with Eric Lang uh, during last year and during uh, different conventions. And I know. This app thing will be huge in upcoming years, and uh, this app will give me a tools to entertain you guys for for years. Just one one example, once again, out of the blue, uh, from from our notes, we can, for example, to celebrate the fir- the first time people are on the moon, we can update the app with a special dedicated scenario about that. Yes, and you have a free scenario. Just to celebrate in the whole world, all people who have uh, this game at the home just have an update. Hello, you have a new scenario. Celebrate with us that we are on the moon. Yes. 
Oh, that's too cool. Wow, that, that's really, that's really cool. And it lets us give super tools for players. Yeah, that, that's, I was going to say that what Tony suggests is really cool too. If you provide the uh, tool set for people to generate their own comment, content, well, then, then you'll have unlimited content available that you could use. Yes, because we can add a tag for the event that is called fun created and we can have this app to download from the fun created content so you can play fun created scenarios. I mean, it, as I said, it's too early yet to push the promotion and the, to talk about the things that I'm developing. They are not ready, but I'm pretty confident that we have here something huge for the whole industry and a super rich game that can be updated with new events, adventures over the time is, is huge. Okay. But I am going to put a wet blanket a little bit on this. A lot of people say, I'm, I'm an old man and I don't like technology. Do I have to have the app to play this game? Yes, you have to. Yes, yes, you have to have the app up to the game. Uh, thanks to the app, you will not be posting Twitter updates and Instagram photos and selfies during the game. So you will be more focused on the game than usual. <laughs> Come on, isn't that true? It's true. It's, it's true. Come on, you're playing game and everybody has his smartphone in hand and doing some selfies and speaking with Suzanne on Twitter. Also. Come on, we know that. Yes. <laughs> so I'm putting I'm putting the smartphones away from you guys. Thank me. I can't because it takes me like 30 seconds just to figure out where the app is on my phone. Then by the time I take the picture, Marty's out of focus and then I'm deleting it. And he's looking at me like, dude, it's your turn. I'm waiting where he, he, he does this stealth thing. He goes snap. And next thing I know, there's this Twitter picture of me playing a, uh, I don't know, convoy at Bojangles or something. So it sounds like only one person's going to need the app. There's probably no way no there's probably no way to where everybody could have the app running on their own phone to keep up with what's going on, right? Cuz you have to sync everybody up. No, no, there's one there's one app this app will in this app you put um how many players are playing, you put the name of this team. So if you're playing campaign you will save the game like in a video game. So if for example says uh, playing with Suzanne and Tony on March and this is your team, yes, and after the after the finishing the first scenario, you are just saving this and the next week or next, next event, you will continue the game and the app will remember everything that was uh, in the first scenario. Fantastic. So when is this game supposed to be released? Uh, third, fourth quarter this year? It is amazing word you used. It is supposed to be released for Essen. Okay. Well, I mean, I, d- I don't want to pigeonhole you into a date. Supposed, you know, it's yes. still early. Anything could yes. change, right? Yes. So we are potentially Essen, we'll, yes. we'll see it at HN. Yeah. But as you, as everybody hears, there's a lot going on with this game, with the app integration, and and um, you're still working out some some things with the campaign versus the single player mode. So hey, here's the thing, Tony, we we've got 51st State and Cry Habit. I'm I'm going to be happy right now anyway. So if anything happens to First Martians, I can be patient and wait because I want it to be right. Well, we need we need a um, someone to be part of the. Um fashionably late awards for 2017 mm-hmm. so let me go ahead and, and jock jockey that one down all right which is okay we're good with that dude but here's the thing we got 51st state we've got cry havoc we've got first martian but ignacio you're not resting on your rolls just just pa- this past gamma you've announced yet another game that you're going to be coming out with why don't you tell us about it this is crazy, I know. This is too many games on, on our head. But yes, we have another great project. This is a game from the French designer, Charles Amir Perret, if I'm, if I'm not pronouncing it wrong. And now I'm butchering someone's name, which is funny. And the game is <laughs> called Crazy, Crazy Cards. It's a racing game. It's a 
team against team game. You can play even with eight people because you can have four teams. And it is uh, like the most crazy race game I ever played. I love the game. This is actually the game that was, that was submitted to Portal Games. So as you guys know, I'm sometimes I write articles about that submitted prototypes that they are not very good. And I'm complaining online that people please send me better prototypes. This one was amazing. From the very first time we played it, we said, okay, let's contact the designer as soon as possible because we may have here something. And after a couple of months of development, we are ready with, with the game. The game is scheduled for publications for Origins, so very, very close. And we hope we will have a great time during the promotion, during the Origins. And, and before everybody jumps off the cliff here and goes, oh my God, is a two, you gotta have even number. No, no people. You can't have a lone wolf out there. You can't have an odd number. So calm down. Just step yeah. back. <laughs> now we were uh, very fortunate uh, that, uh, Ignacy sent us a copy of the early rules, um, of this game. And the first thing that I thought as I read through these rules, this is a, a, a team game, like you said, where the idea is that you're in these carts and there's a person in front of the cart and a person behind the cart that's controlling it. So the first thing that came to my mind, and Tony, I don't know if you ever played this version of Mario Kart called Double Dash, where you had a character in the front and a character in the back, and one was driving and one could shoot things and Mm -hmm. throw things out at the other opponents. Anyway, that's just what I pictured in my mind. And what's really cool about this game is lots of times when you think about a racing game, you think a lot of luck. You think dice. You think you're chucking dice. There's no dice involved in this at all, which really intrigued me because I thought, okay, you're kind of moving some of that luck factor. What's cool is the teammates don't get to talk to each other. So the guy in front is going to be doing some steering and have some capabilities, and the guy in back has capabilities, and both of you are going to choose your actions blindly from each other and then reveal them and then resolve, and that's where the chaos chaos ensues, I assume. And you're, you're totally right because uh, the... F- there is uh, five actions as, as far as I remember on the front and five actions in the, in at the back. For example, the f- player in the front is responsible for speeding up. The other one is responsible for turning left or right. So from only one, these two things, many funny things happening because the one is going too fast or too slow. The other is turning too early or too, too late and lots of funny things happening. Uh, for those f- 20 people who were during my seminar at BGGCon and who heard my story about the Asia, who is our best playtesters, Eurogamer, who crush everybody, play testing 51st state and EPL setters, and she's super Eurogamer. When she's playing crazy cards, she's destroying these cards as everybody else because the game is so crazy that even she forgot what to do because it's very frantic. You have only a couple of seconds to decide what to do because if one of the teams already put their orders and are, and are ready. They start counting five, four, three, two, one, and everybody else has to put their cars and that's it. So you have not too much time and you have to think very quickly if I want to turn or if I want to shoot or if I want to speed up or if I want to break down and what my, my teammate wants to do and we cannot communicate. So I have to figure out what he's planning so we don't destroy our card. Amazing game. Super fun from French designers, which is a French style game. Very funny. And from the standpoint of, I mean, you can fire at other people. You can, you can go attack one another, right? Yes. There is one player. One of the players has a cannon 
and he can put there some power to shoot other other players and therefore he draws a card there is a couple of misses and the card says something like you missed your idiot and there are some actual hits that makes other cards destroyed and for example the one team can have blocked breaks and now he has break action every single round because his break is blocked and all this kind of crazy stuff very fun and very frantic it really feels like a mario card on uh, on video game the actual actually the 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 race because you you guys didn't see the 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 boards for the race it you are just going straight forward there is no um, in uh, circles like in uh, chariots but you're just going as as possible forward but because there's a lot of obstacles and because everybody's shooting you and because your teammate is trying to turn you don't know why there's a lot of crazy things happening but the track can change each time with the obstacles and where they're placed everything right yes on each on each of the balls there are pre-constructed um spaces where you put obstacles we have uh, random obstacles these are tokens so we are randomly put different obstacles and obstacles are all kind of different ways it may be something like jumper so you go there and you start to jump or there may be rocks that you hit and you get wounds or it may be some uh, for example old old in where you get beer free beer and have some additional speed this kind of different kinds of uh, obstacles and uh, each board has a uh, different spaces for these obstacles so there's a lot of replayability during the race now i know that when your car takes the damage or whatever that you reduce your speed down correct that is true is there any chance that somebody gets out of the game or is there anything like a a blue turtle shell where suddenly mario by the way mario is any of this copyrighted by mario or by nintendo where we're going to get in trouble no i think we're fine they wouldn't listen to this anyway okay good so is there any way to do the dreaded blue turtle shell where everybody gets hit and somebody comes flying past you so there is a lot of crazy thing happening. Uh, I saw a lot of situations when one of the players get too excited, uh, put the speed to the maximum limit of seven, and in the same round just crashed in a wall and got seven hits. And uh, he was, oh my God, what I did. So it happens. If you destroy your card, each card has an action of repair and you will have to spend the whole round to repair, which of course is a big problem for you. But if you were going very very fast that means that you're ahead of everybody else so you have this time to repair and go back to the to the race actually during the game we have two races the qualifications race when you have chance to win some upgrades in a pit stop and then we have this final race mm, um, we don't we didn't have problems with catch-up mechanism in this game this, this game is very tight players are shooting each other and uh, hitting each other counts. there's lots of crazy action during the game and the game is very quick actually there's a four or three balls depending on the race and, and you are done so this is not super epic a game for two hours is like a 45 50 minutes game okay yeah that's gonna be my next question so you know it, they, they play in uh, under an hour so there's no player elimination so there's no worry about that are the um are the carts and everything are they just a uh, cardboard standees or they're actually little uh, molded uh figures we have a uh, wooden uh, pieces uh, that looks v- awesome with the stickers and they look more or less like a, like in yellow games tails and the games you know this tortoise and hair there's a such 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 figures so they are wooden but they look like actual card and but what what's best in the game what's why we decided to des- develop the game and actually publish it is the fact that we are playing teams and if you think about the biggest 
the biggest hit from the last year is Code Names. It's a team game, and if you look at some of the games that you love, uh, I know that that Tony doesn't like Resistance or Avalon, but still, these are games that you are playing team, we against them. And what I discovered a couple of years ago when I was, you know, studying different games and trying to learn how to design better and better games is the fact that if we are playing in a team, it gives additional emotions, amazing chemistry, because it's it's not me against everybody else, it's we against them. And it is the chemistry that gives additional emotion. So if we are playing in a team and we are racing an, uh, against another team, it's amazing feeling. And uh, as I said, the, the code names from the last year is a great example of the game that was very successful because we are playing team against team and this is this trash talking and all that kind of stuff is amazing. Could you see you and me, Marty, playing this game together as a team? It would get ugly. We may not be end up being co-hosts after we play this game. Because Oh, man, I'd be blaming you for everything. It'd be, oh, man, man. <laughs> how, how would you play that card? Do you not realize this? That's exactly that's exactly what happens during every single playtest when players reveal the screens, look at each other's uh, balls, and what 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 did you do? Why did you turn? <laughs> what? Why are you going so fast? And uh, all these discussions, it's so funny. Uh, it's absolutely how the game works. So you, we are revealing the screens, and we are surprised that our mate just did something super stupid. That's going to be exciting. And like I said, it's not like you're you're rolling dice to see the results. The the idea, the decisions that you make, because you could have decided a better decision. Probably, it's not like you're relying on the luck of a roll or anything to to uh, to win the game. It's just you working together with your teammate. I mean, you would not believe how many times during these play testing sessions I heard the sentence that says, "Oh my God, I forgot to turn." It, this happens. <laughs> this really happens, and you would not believe how often. Because it's a fronting, you have this, you know, this excitement, everybody is counting five, four, three, and you are just putting this card somewhere, and then, oh my god, we forgot to turn, and they hit the wall, yes? See, Mari, that's going to be a problem with some groups. I know you're going to have to get that, an app, countdown app or something, so everybody, you counted too fast, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening, though. So you might as well go ahead, uh, Ignacy, get your coder over there to release the um, Crazy Card app for counting down. So pe- this is actually this is a very neat idea because we can do it with the, all these noises and the crowd. So this is, I'm noting it right. Oh yeah, now. there you go. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be good. So this is going to be coming out at Origins. So this isn't like a late uh, 2016 or anything. We're going to get to see this alongside 51st State at your booth at Origins. That is true. The game is uh, as well in a production phase. Um, we are already printing cards we are finishing the cardboard so yes this is like uh, one of the first games we will release this year we are starting promotion right now after the the Gamma trade show and uh, this is I'm very excited about this game because it's really really pure fun are you going to be able to pre-order this one off your site? yes absolutely this is what we are testing this year and we'll see how it works and we'll evaluate this process at the end of this year. And what's the uh, the price point on this game? Actually, it is not yet decided. We are waiting for some final decisions from the from the manufacturer, but we will try to keep this uh, price point uh, around 40 or 45 dollars because it's a it's a light family game so it, it had to be a lower lower points. There's no miniature, there's no custom wooden pieces or Except the cars, there's no custom dice, so we try to keep it as low as possible. 
I'm excited about this, Marty. I can't wait to whip your tail. You pick your person, I'll pick mine, and we'll go play over at the booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll go from over there and help demo it for you and show how people, friends, can get on each other's nerves by, by playing this game. I tell you what, go ahead and get Pretty Boy from Canada on your team, <laughs> and I'll find somebody, and that will be worth a Snapchatting, Periscoping, whatever we want to do. That sounds like fun. Well, it's amazing. These four games we've talked about are just totally different from each other. You've got the 51st State, which is a deck building game, futuristic game, where it's kind of a head to head eye thing. And you got the Cry Havoc, which is an area control, which is also some PvP type war game, a little more European, but very thematic. And then you got the, the thematic co op game with uh, First Martian. And then just what looks like is going to be a fun sub one hour, let's throw down and race and have a good time game. All of them seem very thematic. I think they're going to provide great experiences for everybody. And th- that's what I love about these four games. They're all totally different. It's not like you can say, well, I'm going to get this one, but I don't need this one because it's just like this other one. Yeah, so we, we were very lucky because two of these games are submitted prototypes. Uh, Cry Havoc is, uh, as I said, um, sent to us by Grant Rodig, and we're developing the game. Uh, Crazy Cars is also submitted prototype, so we are getting some interesting stuff, and we are very proud to publish them under the Portal Games brand. So mm, very proud for this year's releases. Before we let you go, because we know it's it's late over there, one of the things I wanted to ask you is we had some of our guild members send in some questions. So we're going to quickly fly through this. So we're going to put you on a speed round. Are you ready? Of course I am. All right. Because we're not going to make you do a rank em. You've already done a rank em, so we're not going to force you to do a rank em again. So one of the questions is, you've been doing Board Games Insider for a while now. What do you think of podcasting? Are you enjoying it? I know sometimes y'all get out of sync on your times and all like that. Is it harder than you thought? Give us a little feedback there. I'm a huge fan of uh, podcasting and uh, as well as a listening podcast. I'm really sick of politics, so listening to average radio is no option for me. So I'm a huge post- podcast fan. I have a lot of podcast subscriptions in my iPhone and I'm uh, I love to listen to them. And uh, I'm uh, doing a podcast in Poland called Two Pounds with my wife, and I love this. We do it every Sunday. And then I came with the proposition to Mr. Bonacro to do an American podcast. And, uh, of course, it's much more difficult for me because I feel very not comfortable speaking in English because I'm not confident about this language, but uh, still I enjoyed it a lot because it's a way to talk about the thing I love the most, the board game. So even though it's very difficult for me to speak in English, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. No, difficulty is us trying to speak in Polish as Mary tried to teach me to say thank you in Polish. <laughs> and I was like, it isn't going to happen. Tony, we had difficulty speaking in English. So does Bonacore listen to their, when you listen to their podcast, it's like, so which one's from, from Poland? <laughs> Here's another question that came in. Do you have Girl Scout cookies in Poland? Girl Scout Cookies? This is a name? Yes. Okay, then you do not. There's an organization here called the Girl Scouts, like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and they sell cookies. So somebody asked, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? But you wouldn't have the answer to that. So I'm going to move on to the next question. Here we go. If you were to get married to someone in the legacy testament of Duke de Grassi, who would it be and why? Oh, this is a very risky risky question because my mother can listen to this uh, podcast. There is, <laughs> I remember there is a... Uh, we we called we called her Marida doing a prototype. I don't know what's her name in the final game, but there's a girl that looks like a Marida, and she's awesome. So I think I would 
I would choose her. Oh, that's so sweet. Hey, I will say that uh, I, I got the uh, Legacy to the table a couple weeks ago. What a fun game. If if, everybody, if there's people out there listening, uh, this is an older game from Portal, even though they just released an expansion for it. Go get this game. This is fun. I mean, it, it's a fun little Euro, but what's neat is the engine building is, is you're building a family tree, but we, we kind of had issues because my wife, Vanessa, was playing, and so when she wanted to marry <laughs> off people she would be like there is no way this good-looking woman will get with this unattractive guy so i'm not going to put them together but i'm like but they would make sense with the the text on the cards and everything nope nope i'm not going to do it so she would put people together based on how they look it was so funny and she ended up winning so there you go this is uh, one of the games that went under the radar because we released it in 2013 Protag games was a small company yet we were not able to push the game enough and uh, it's a pity because it's an amazing game, it's an amazing worker placement game. And my whole family actually loves the game and my kids are, this is one of the few games that they are, that they are putting during a Sunday and playing. And because we have here three daughters, so a girls love to, as you said, this Maria Jazz and who will marry who is a very good game. But the, the team is not looking so much appealing and you will not actually think that it is so fun a game when you hear about the the team, right? Uh, Right. So here's one along the lines for Robinson. Uh, Besides designing a card that was for a sunny beach card, if you were to have a crate washed up on shore with you, say you were stranded, what would you want in that crate? And it can only be one item to help you survive on the island. Oh, that's an interesting question. What I would need, what I would need. I would go with the cell phone, but it doesn't work in a Robinson Crusoe. So I would need something to make a signal. So probably the bottle, so I can put a message in the bottle and throw it in the ocean and believe that someone will find it some someday. Well, according to the police, somebody would, or at least a thousand bottles would wash up on your shore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a hundred million. Was a hundred million bottles? I'm trying to remember the lyric to the song. Oh, yeah. Message in. Anyway. Oh, there's another song <laughs> name for us. Okay, cool. I like that. Now, and what, what's your favorite tea? Uh, I drink Lipton, which is very popular here in Poland. But when I was in France and I asked for the Lipton, I, I was destroyed. It is a very bad tea and I should not drink it. So it seems that teas available in Poland are not uh, the same that are available in France and perhaps not available in States. So this is one thing that I have to discover what's popular in different countries. Here in Poland, I drink Lipton. It is one of the most popular uh, black standard Lipton tea in Poland. If you were to live in the world of one of your games, not necessarily one that you designed, but one of your portal games, which one would it be? Uh, this is this is super dangerous question because we our walls of our games are so dangerous. No Naroshima for sure. Uh, no TVUs for sure. No 51st State, no Convoy. Uh, what else? No Robinson Crusoe for sure. Uh, <laughs> my God, <laughs> crazy cars! <laughs> Imperi- you could you could be a samurai and imperial settlers. The, the, yes, but we can get raised, so I don't know. Uh, the crazy cars because it's it's fun a fantasy setting. We have mummies there and skeletons, and we have dwarves there. I love dwarves, so probably crazy cars. All right, so, and from one of our other um guys on the guild, he asked. When will you be releasing Board Games That Tell Stories number three? I don't know. I know that this number two has just uh, hit the distribution. So actually, you guys are able now to 
go to your favorite local game store and ask for the copy. And according to the number three, probably next year, uh, I have some other idea for the book, but uh, so far I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine projects on my hand, head right now. So when I'm done with designing, maybe I will have a break and write something. I have a few ideas for the books, uh, but I don't know when. Sorry, Marty. Yeah, that was a question I just came up with. It wasn't on our guild. I just thought I'd throw it at him, see what he could do. Hey, are you going to start hiding cows in your rules? You know, like there's hidden Mickeys at Disney. Will, will Ignacy put hot, hidden cows in his rules? This is interesting. interesting concept. We actually released a couple of years ago Polish edition of a game called Falling from James Ernest. And we changed the whole artwork from the American edition into our own Portal Games artwork. And the Polish edition of The Falling was uh, cows falling from the sky with no reason, actually. And so these cows <laughs> happen to appear in our games sometimes. And yes, maybe we should need more more cows. We are actually... Uh, now now we released uh, uh, My Happy Farm in States. And for Polish market, we are working on... Uh, Happy Peaks uh, from Yellow, very good game as well. And we have the option to change Happy Peaks into Happy Cows, what Yellow suggested us. <laughs> so probably we'll do Happy Cows for Polish market. You liked that game, didn't you, Marty? Which my Happy Farm? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 telling you, if there's if somebody's coming to me and say, look, uh, I have kids that play games and I want to kind of introduce them to something a little bit meatier, it would it would be my Happy Farm in a heartbeat. Just such a great uh, little game with a lot of really cool decisions. I have my own question, actually. Why did you decide to do a redesign of your logo? Yeah, so this is very, very interesting topic. And uh, actually, we failed with uh, good communication of this decision. It just came during the PortalCon. Everybody was surprised what just happened and why. And we should communicate it a little bit earlier. Uh, if you look at the logos of all big brands like Apple, Nike, whatever, yes, all these big companies... Uh, once in a while they change the logo because the um, style of the artwork uh, in the world is changing. Yes, they have new trends, new designs uh, in cars, in phones, in fashion, everywhere. Yes, everything changes. And these big companies um, try to catch up with these trends and change a little bit logos once a year, uh, once a couple of years. And that was what our decision. Our logo was designed many, many years ago. It was a very old logo. And we decided that we want to make it much more modern, I would say, yes, and matching Imperial Setters line and Crazy Cars line and, and much more uh, smiled and happy than the old, very serious and sad logo. So. We, we also change the uh, fonts, we change the uh, infographics we put on Facebook, we change the whole branding so it is much more light. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's, they, they weren't sad or harsh or anything. It's just, it was very businessy, and here you're, you're yeah. softening up your edges. That is true. Unfortunately, hey, hey we're not going to see you at uh, Origins. Uh, we, you're getting over to the U.S. here for, you're coming for Gen Con, right? I'm going for Gen Con, I'm going for the Dice Tower Con, and actually I will be. I'm planning right now uh, to visit states for a couple of weeks during the summer to visit some uh, biggest game stores and the biggest gaming clubs and the biggest places where uh, gamers meet up uh, so to give some seminars to give some presentations of my my game so I hope to meet many of our listeners 
in different cities of state. So it is my plan for summer to visit states for a couple of weeks and uh, see many, many people. Where are you going to be going? Do you know? Uh, Mary is actually planning it right now, so I don't know, but we are going to visit a couple of big cities and try to run some demos of games and run some seminars for about game design and all that kind of stuff. So uh, perhaps I will meet many of, of our listeners during these events. You can put this in Mary's ear. Charlotte is the second largest city in the Southeast. Um, it's close to the beaches. Um, I'm sure Vanessa and Donna will be happy to show her around while we take you to the various R600 plus gaming club. And not that I'm promoting the Charlotte area or anything. I'm just pointing that out to you. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a pretty active gaming club here. We got a really nice game store here. So just, just saying. Okay. This is a, this is, this is interesting. This is interesting option. I mean, as I said, we are just planning it. We want to come to stay for a couple of weeks and visit different, different, different places. You're four hours from Atlanta. So you're four hours from cool mini or not just saying and you've got richard lanius uh, nearby oh makes makes sense kirkman's here dan patrice is here we got blue peg pink peg just right up the way i'm telling you dude north carolina hub for board gaming okay i say to mary and maybe we'll (laughs) see each other during the summer She's she's a planner of my old trips. And and trust us it is not that hot here in the summer it might be slightly humid but not that hot that's true okay (laughs) <laughs> he's not buying it, Tony. He, know, he's just, the look on his face is like, yeah, well, whatever. There's no way we're going to North Carolina. We'll get an international pamphlet together, and I'll go to the Charlotte business place, and I'll, I'll start. I'll, we'll just shove a whole bunch of stuff and send it to him. <laughs> there you go. The, the, it was at the uh, the Chamber of Commerce to send him a bunch of travel information. There you go. You need to contact Mary, not me. She's 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 in charge of this trip, so. You are talking to wrong wrong person. I will just get information from Mary. Okay, today we fly. Then I go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with crazy carts, Tony, we can take him to the NASCAR uh, Hall of Fame here. Oh. I mean, so it all kind of fits. Oh yeah, it it really does. And I'm telling you, the the beach and it, oh okay, we'll we'll put you a list together and we'll get that. Like to know why me? There's Mary. Hey, Mary. We have Mary on right now. Mary, you need to go to North Carolina. Hello. Put the headset on her. <laughs> yeah, we want to talk <laughs> no, to her instead. No. <laughs> Oh, man, this just made our day right there, guys. I mean, this is great for an audio podcast, but Mary just joined Ignacy, and she's smiling at us, and we're waving at her. And we stuff. are finishing. We are finishing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're Okay. We've been told by Mary, it's time for us to wrap up because Ignacy has to go. Oh, okay. Well, Ignacy, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And why don't you tell us where you can, where we can find you because she has like a thousand ways to find you on social media and everything. So tell us again how people can get in touch with you. Yes. I'm a little bit overreacting in social media. I'm everywhere. So you better go to portalgames.pl and from that place you'll find me on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. I'm like crazy having conversations with fans on every single channel. So go to portalgames.pl and you will find me on different channels. Fantastic. Again, thanks for coming on. Guys, it's going to be a great year for Portal Games. So many things coming out with 51st State and Crazy Carts just a few months down the road, followed by Cry Havoc and First Martians, plus other games he said he has on his plate that he'll be working towards, plus expansions to existing games. So go keep an eye out on his social media, on his uh, website, and you'll find all the latest news from Portal Games. Thanks again, Ignacy. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. We have some exclusive news from the Broken Token. They are working on a deluxe version of the Lords of Waterdeep insert. 
The insert's going to get a slight update where all the player pieces are going to now be placed in six removable boxes. And also there's going to be, be some decorative elements on it. But what's cool is, is there's going to be an inexpensive upgrade kit if you already have that insert. But another thing they're doing is they're going to release a deluxe box made from quarter inch birch that will hold the entire insert. So you throw away the outside cardboard box, replace it with this nice wood box with a nice insert. Oh, it's going to be nice. So keep your eye on thebrokentoken.com for more information on the deluxe insert for Lords of Waterdeep. Well, Marty, I know one thing from that interview, and that is Ignacy will never come back to us and ask for game design advice because clearly we do not have what it takes. No, he asked for us for advice on the first Martians issue, and we were like, yeah, that does sound like a problem. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, we were right there. And by the way, Marty, so he stated that there are no beaches on Mars. Let me explain something to him here. <laughs> Mars, Mars is covered in sand. Scientists have discovered that there was water on Mars. So technically, if you have sand and you have water and they are together, does that not form a beach? So it's so funny. When he said that, I wanted to bring that up. I go, no, Marty, just let it go. But you had to bring us back into it. Okay. Well, I have to. That's not fair. Because I'm like, you know, it, oh, I know he won't let me down. And he'll have a game with some type of relief for the players. I can just see that now where you're not, oh, your oxygen bottles exploded. Boom, boom, boom. All that crap. Not, actually, anyway. I can't see any relief. He's a sadist. I tell you, he's a sadist. Oh, he's got to be. So anyway, crazy carts. Yeah, I can't wait for us to get our hands on that at Origins. That just sounds like a blast. Oh, yeah. That's one of the first things we're going to do at Origins. Go over there. We're going to get you a bunch of friends. We're going to have eight players playing that game. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, I agree with you. We do have to take care of a little business here, Marty. I'm sorry. Okay, what is that? All right. So we received a demo copy of the game Battle for Solari. It's a card game that um, was on Kickstarter. It's successfully funded. And... I got to play it, and I'm sorry I haven't gotten it over to your house. I know, bad, bad, but you got enough games to play. Uh, yeah, that's true. I still would like to check this out because it looks cool. You and I, the, hey, they knew who to send a card game to. You and me, we love our card games, and this is kind of interesting And because everybody's like, we don't need another card game, and I understand that. I completely understand that, but there's something you need to understand about the battle for Solaria. Solaria is a type of mineral that you do. And if you want to go learn how to play the game, go check out Lance's Undead Viking uh, tutorial on it. Great information on it. But basically, Marty, I think of it as a ramped up, even though it's not deck building, um, Star Realms game. Okay. You know, where you're going out there and you're trying to beat down the other player. But you have a front row and a back row. And we've talked about games like this where you have to deal with the front and back row. And basically... It's got two resource piles. First off, it's got that mechanic that you and I enjoy where you have the influence where any card can be a resource on the bottom row. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. I'm already into it. All right. So you've got that action going. And it, you can, if you get enough influence and there's a card that you want to play that's part of that, you can flip it over as long as you have enough influence. Now, you don't spend it all. It's just as long as you meet that requirement, it's there. So that's influence. So that's one resource. So this influence allows you to play other sites and the sites come out and you put them out there and they produce a thing called Solaria, the battle for Solaria. So that's the mineral, the thing that makes the world go forward. So anyway, makes the world go, doesn't make the world turn. 
Or does it make it go forward? Well, both. Maybe this world doesn't turn. Okay, that's too much physics for me. All right. Okay, so anyway, so we'll think, well, if it's solar and it doesn't turn, then one side of the planet would only be, anyway. So the plant, the buildings produce this solaria. And solaria is allows you to get out your combat guys. And your combat guys have to go and defeat the other guys. So, yeah, you're trying to beat down the other team by playing combat guys. And they battle. And they, if they can destroy the buildings, then you reduce their ability to generate the solaria, which hurts them from playing more combat guys. What, what the neat mechanism for me, Marty, is when you destroy somebody's building, then you're basically the solaria that it's produced is obviously toxic, radioactive. It's a bad stuff. So not only do you damage them for the breakthrough damage, but you can the solaria produced by that building blows back on them as well, and there causes additional damage. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. It, it is in a way, but once again, you've got that slow buildup of influence, and then on top of that, you can't play a certain building until you have enough influence and that building produces solaria. So you've got to protect that because if it gets blown up, it hurts you just as much. So what I got feeling is, and the games I played is as I was doing that, you had that big boom, boom effect of, you know, play after play after play, where then suddenly it all blows up and the game's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So multiple decks, you can play multiplayer, but once again, that's one of those things where you can team up on somebody. So you really have to know your crowd that you're playing with. But anyway, guys, if you're interested in another card game, go check out Battle for Solaria. It's out there. It was successfully funded. So uh, take a look at it. You know, speaking of games that just coming out and people getting ready to try, you know, right now, Gamma's going on. We just heard about Crazy Cards being announced at Gamma from Portal Games. And uh, as we record this, Gamma's been live streaming for the past couple days with a lot of games that are coming out. Tony, there's just way too many to talk about. But since you mentioned card games, you remember how much we really enjoyed Star Realms from White Wizard Games? Rob Darty designed it. Yeah, and matter of fact, I think I just mentioned it. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, were you not listening to me? 100% attention was on you. Okay, thank you. As far as you know. So anyway, <laughs> he has talked about his new card game coming out called Hero Realms, where it's kind of a fantasy-based Star Realms game, but there's a co-op mechanic to it. Not a lot of information was given about it or anything like that, but again, it's one of those games that I really like Star Realms. Epic, I thought, was okay. It kind of did what it did. It didn't really you know, grab us as one of the game we're going to play a lot. But a fantasy-based Star Realms with a co-op element? Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on that one. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, and like you, I mean, I have been unproductive at my various um, jobs. It's a good thing I took um, vacation today. So I was watching a lot of the Board Game Geek live streaming, and I can tell you one thing. You can hear the Dice Tower people in the background. It's hilarious. I know when I hear Suzanne. It's hilarious. What was she doing? Just laughing or being loud, yelling at people? Yeah, she was doing her interviews over in the Dice Tower, and you can hear her interview through the board. It was hilarious. I was like, oh, I can, I can, I'm getting two for one here. I'm getting the Dice Tower and Board Game Geek. But there was one game that caught my you know, interest, Marty, that is right up, speaking of card games. Did you see Level 99's um, game, Millennium Blades? Okay, I heard mention of Millennium Blades, but didn't see anything about it. Tell me about it. I'm only going to tell you what I remember because I've been watching almost 12 hours of Board Game Geek here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was a card game about buying cards. About oh, buying CCGGs. Oh, yes, 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 I did. It was uh, The theme was 
you're a CCG player, right? Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I know nothing else about the game, but I remember the theme. It's like, okay, that's for Tony and I right there. Even if the game stinks, we got to play that game. I hope we can find it somewhere. It was, I think the they're saying it's MSRP, $100 or something. And what is that, the new norm for games? Wait, excuse me, $100? What, is there like tons of miniatures in this game or something? Is there like many CCG players? No, it's just tons and tons of cards. Even W. Eric Martin made a statement, good God, this box is heavy. I'm watching this one. That one seemed kind of interesting to me. And then there was this other one that was really, I mean, this is funny. It's not really a game, but it is a game. I saw it by Naturalist. It was called the Game Election Game. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. It's where you put out names of games that your group wants to play, and everybody is given a card that can vote either. You can either veto, you can say nay, or yay, or yay, yay. And you put put your vote down on the various games you want to play, and you turn them over, and it says which game y'all are going to play. So if you can't decide on a game, here's a game to help you decide on which game to play. There you go. Somebody needed to make that. It's, it's kind of like the first player thing that was made what, by Bezier Games last uh, couple years ago or something. It, exactly. So it's, it's a kind of a game outside of the game to pick the game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's another one, that, another card game that kind of caught my eye that kind of really threw me for a loop. Eric Lang and Kevin Wilson designed together a CCG based on the Munchkin universe. If anybody wants to go take a look at this, Eric Lang is on day two of the uh, live board gaming streaming. So if you want to check out day two. I thought, okay, that's kind of odd. Odd for a couple reasons. Uh, one, Munchkin is a really good game for like, I want to play Munchkin a couple times and enjoy it, and, and it's fun, but it's not one of those that you're going to play a lot. And then kind of once people play it a few times, they don't really go back to it. It's a real funny universe. I, I get that and everything. I was kind of surprised that was the theme. I was also thrown back that the business model was a CCG mm-hmm. because CCGs just, they're not what they used to be. It's, it's kind of hard to get into that market. So I was kind of surprised that a theme that not everybody may gravitate to is coming out in a CCG format. And then I got to watch Eric Lane explain how the game is played. I was kind of hoping there'd be something unique or something, but it's, it's really kind of basic. You have a hero, they have a hero. Uh, each turn you level up and your level determines how many resources you get. So you get one resource first turn, two next turn, etc. Kind of like Hearthstone. You spend that to put out monsters and you fight monsters trying to kill the other guy. The only thing that seemed, I mean, I guess the, the thing was there's some bluffing element to it. Mm-hmm. Where when you put out a monster, you put it face down and it, you could bluff. Maybe it's a monster, maybe it's not. And if the person calls your bluff, it costs them resources or something like that. So that was kind of the only mechanic, which is really kind of like Netrunner. You know, when uh, ice comes mm-hmm. out, it's face down, you could bluff. So there's that mechanic. But they kept saying, but the really cool thing is, is we re- maintain the munchkin humor. I'm like, you know, for me, I'm going to need more than just the munchkin, hu- munchkin humor to keep me into that game. I understand that. And did you see it where he dropped a card? By the way, people, if you want to see Eric Lang on the BBG BGG live stream. Look at hour two on day two, hour two, 23 minutes. So, dude, what is it? You did have it memorized or something? I was out in the wood shop and I was working. I wrote <laughs> it on some wood as I was watching it. <laughs> he actually has a piece of scrap wood where he has taken notes for the show. That, that's impressive, dude. And that will be shown on the blog. But anyway, yeah. So now he dropped a card to do damage. I think that was during the Munchkin thing. 
to see if it hit the hero or something. I, I mean, oh no, no, that's just one of the cards. It was called a uh, drop something, yeah, and okay. uh, it just you just drop it on the table because it's. Fun. I get Munchkin does have some very funny things to it, but the idea we said this is going to be a very competitive game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't need the humor in order to have a competitive game. Anyway, look. He showed a lot of other games that I was very interested oh, yeah. in. The Godfather looks really cool. Did oh, you see that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. That worker really, worker oh. placement, but it's a tacky with area control. Yeah, I like that one. That one was really cool. Another one that I'm really interested in is Bloodborne. I know you probably haven't played the video game, but my son has a brutal game. And the idea he talks about how in this game, you will die just like in the video game. Again, a card game, very interested in that one too. So he has a lot of games coming out that you and I will get to see a lot of these at the Cool Men You're Not Expo. That's right. Uh, we actually will, and I can't wait to give them a try. And now I know, I know you know, one of the games that I was very interested in. Would it have something to do with Star Trek? It would. Star Trek Panic. No, oh, I'm oh, 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 really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> because uh, there was two Star Trek games, and I saw that, and I thought, would Tony be interested in this? And I was just Castle, Castle Panic with a Star Trek theme, but I thought maybe you were serious. Uh, to be serious, though, that I got rid of my Castle Panic, but I would be interested in Star Trek Panic because the fact that the ship can turn, the fact that you have missions to do, it's not just about destroying the ships coming at you. You have other options. So that one did pique my interest, but you're right. It's it's by WizKids, of course. It's the Star Trek Frontiers game. Oh, man, just single player. Go ahead, bring it on. Yeah, I saw that. It's like, isn't it based on the Mage Knight engine from Vlada Survival? Yes, it is. And so I'm really excited. I can't wait to see that one. Um, when it finally comes out, I'll probably be putting that in the pre-order status as well. And then, I mean, there was just a whole bunch of stuff. Now, there was one, and I can't remember the full name of it. It was by AEG's, I think, Mystic something, Mystic Fall. Mystic Veil. Is that it? Where you have the transparent cards? Yes, that's it. Dude, that's right up our alley, too. But I have a problem here. Uh-oh, maybe it's not right up our alley. No, the fact that the card, watching him put the cards in there, it was so tight. I see where they're going to put their money. You having to buy more plastic cards. <laughs> because it was too snug to, to slide a card into it? Yeah, and they even made that. Oh, we put plenty of plastic cards in the box for when you rip them. Oh, you're going to rip them. Yeah, that one looks kind of cool. And that looks to be a gaming engine or gaming system that they're going to support over time. So that's another one that looks really cool, too. There was just tons of stuff that we could sit here and talk another hour for all the stuff that we saw. We had got time for that. But that was just some of the highlights that I happened to catch throughout the past couple of days. Did you see any more? Oh, there were a couple other ones that I saw. I did like, you know, I'll, I'll admit WizKids caught my attention on a lot of things. The fact that TM in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell. The fact that it was the not like the original Dice Masters where it's going to be Quarios based. Quarios? Quarios? Yes, Quarios. Cheer, yeah, Cheerios based. You get everything in a big box. No, I'm, I'm confused. There's no booster packs? No. Does it still have the Dice Masters name? Yeah, still has the Dice Master's name. And the way they showed it, it was like a big old box. And if I misunderstood him, that's fine. Somebody will easily correct me and post in our guild, and then we'll go off and talk about barbecues again. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but either way, either way, that, that interests me. And two other items, and I'll shut up about this, is the fact that um, there was a, by IDW, V-Wars. I didn't see that. Tell me about it. Well, from what I remember, is basically... Unfortunately, they used my favorite two words in a game, social deduction. 
it was interesting in how the mechanic of, or maybe it was a traitor element. Let's go with traitor element. And, you know, the vampires, everybody has some type of, I think of it like a, with a walking dead syndrome in your head, but everybody's got some type of latent vampire ish, issue and you have various missions and all. It, it seemed very interesting in how the, how they were, it was co-op, but it wasn't. And then you had to try to support certain people so that they can not know that you're a vampire to win. But then again, you want to turn. It seemed very, very interesting um, by IDW. V Wars. And the last thing I'm going to mention is, guys, and here's the big one. If you did not see Asmodee North, is that right, Marty? Not Fantasy Flight, Asmodee North. I don't know what game you're going to talk about, so I can't tell you. But, but right the name right. of the company, Asmodee North Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah, so if, there's still Fantasy Flight Games, which is a part of Asmodee North. Go out, and I want y'all to pick up on day one of the Gamma Live streaming and watch starting at four hours and 25 minutes. <laughs> I can't believe you have this. He's reading from his piece of wood. This is so funny. Yeah, okay, fine. So four hours and 25 minutes with Anton Torres talking to Mr. Martin, and they talk about the um, speech that Christopher did at Gamma and why they did what they did with um, retailer support and things like that. So Marty and I are going to talk about that, but I'd love for everybody out there so you can prepare for our next show. Go take a look at that. That's That was very interesting discussion that they're having live streaming. So wait a minute. we giving the, the listeners a homework assignment? Yeah. We, we are an educational show. All right. So uh, we'll post the time in our blog where it, uh, a link to the video Actually, you can link straight to the minute that it happens because you can do that with YouTube now. If I assume it's going to be on YouTube. I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like that. So anyway, so th- there's your homework assignment. Let Go listen to what Christian said. He gave this long uh, speech and then Anton's interview. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about what was said and a lot of what wasn't said. There you go. And we're going to make conjectures and just blow it all out of proportion. Exactly. So only on, like only we can do. Well, so there is a full packed show, Tony. I think we've probably uh, run the gambit here. Fantastic episode with having Ignacion. We love it. It's kind of become a thing this time last year. He came on the show and teased Rattle Battle, grab the loot. Uh, the guy is busy. Make sure to keep an eye on all the games he has coming out. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff from Gamma. It's going to be a busy next few months as we ramp up uh, towards convention season with all these fantastic games coming out. Whew, we better get ready. I know. You know what I'm fixing to go do? What's that? I'm fixing to go roll some dice. And take some names? You got it. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. So, Tony, if we do get to hook up with Ignacy and Mary when they're in the States, maybe we can introduce them to some Southern cuisine. I would love to introduce them to some good old Southern cuisine. Maybe like boiled peanuts or peanuts in an RC? I thought you said good cuisine. You know, they call that sketch we just did a medium sketch. What's a medium sketch? It isn't rare, and it isn't one well done. Looking for some hard-to-get Euro games? Right now at Fun Again Games, 
Indonesia, the Great Zimbabwe, and Food Chain Magnate can be pre-ordered. So if you've been wanting to get your hands on one of those games, head over to funagain.com and pre-order today.